It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. I am not Rose, and I'm joined by... Uh, also not Rose. Two not roses this morning. What are you going to um, deal with it? I don't know. What are you going to do? Um, my name is Damon, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska. And? Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. And for those of you who didn't tune in last week, uh, Rose was a special guest on the Monday check-in with me because Damon was out and Rose is also really wise and a bit funny. So we thought she'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, And she's offered to come back on the Monday check-in with a condition. She doesn't have to sing? Nope. I didn't actually make her sing. Oh, okay. (laughs) The condition is she wants a laugh track button. Okay. And a crickets button. (laughs) Okay. And I'm figuring I could probably download those sounds on my phone and then just set the phone Mm -hmm. here. And if she wants to do laugh track, she could hit that and sing with the crickets button. But she wants to be in charge of them. She wants them available. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Uh, whatever. And if that gets her back on the Monday check-in, I'm willing to make that happen. Yeah, that's all good. Um, and as I came upstairs to record the Monday check-in, she suggested we might actually need the cricket button today. Wow. That's... Maybe she shouldn't be back on. <laughs> I think uh, I think you should have her on as a guest on a sun, on a Monday that I'm not here. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Okay. So the Monday check-in for those who don't know is uh, we do a little preview of the upcoming week of worship at First Pres Hastings. Uh, we talk a little about the scripture, the theme, the idea, the questions that we might have for that Sunday. We do a little mini Bible study, and then we switch gears. We talk a little bit about the life of the church what's going on, what people might want to know about. And we start with an opening prayer. Whose turn is it for that? I'll take it. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for the opportunity to gather and to both study your holy word and the call that it places on our lives and also to, to study children's literature and to pull out the themes in the books we read to our kids or our grandkids that speak to our faith and uh, our discipleship journey. We thank you for uh, getting us both here safely in a busy summer season where we're both traveling a lot, and we ask that you bless and guide our conversation. May your spirit move among us, a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of courage, and a spirit of love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this coming Sunday, we are continuing with the uh, children's literature sermon series. Um, I don't know what you read last week. The More You Give. The More You Give. Which was a book that we used for Vacation Bible School. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, we talked about abundance and it was, uh, it was a lovely, lovely book, and I thought the message turned out well. So Interesting. Well, this week, 
Uh, we're going to be taking a look at a book. It's called Mother Bruce. It's by Ryan T. Higgins. It's published by a book publishing company by the name of Disney Hyperion. Huh. Yep. Didn't know that Disney had a children's book imprint. I mean, it makes sense, but mm -hmm. I just hadn't ever come across that before. Yep. So, uh, so this is Mother Briss. Uh, I'm not, there's a microphone in the way. I'm not going to worry too much about sharing the photos with people. So, as I read this, it's about a big bear. Just imagine it in your head. You can do it. Bruce was a bear who lived all by himself. He was a grump. He did not like sunny days. He did not like rain. He did not like cute little animals. Bruce only liked one thing, eggs. He collected them from all over the forest. Here he is visiting Mrs. Sparrow. He's probably thrilled about it. It's not looking good for Mrs. Sparrow because mm -hmm. there's feathers flying everywhere. Yeah. But Bruce didn't eat eggs raw like other bears. Instead, he cooked them into fancy, into fancy recipes that he found on the internet. <laughs> One day, Bruce came across a recipe for a hard-boiled goose eggs drizzled with honey salmon sauce. So he went to get the ingredients. First, he caught a few salmon. Then he collected honey from a local beehive. He liked to support local businesses, you see. Last, he went to Mrs. Goose's nest to pay her a visit. He asked Mrs. Goose if these are free-range organic eggs that he was taking. At home, Bruce prepared the eggs for hard boiling. But the fire in his stove fizzled, so he went out to get more wood. When Bruce came back, he was met with an unwelcome surprise. Bruce became the victim of mistaken identity. The eggs hatched, and, and all the little goslings shout out, Mama! Looking at Bruce the Grumpy at Bear. Bruce. Bruce wanted hard-boiled eggs, not goslings. He supposed he could settle for buttered goslings on toast. But for some reason... He lost his appetite. Bruce scooped up the little geese and stomped back to their nest. I will have to ask Mrs. Goose about her return policy, he thought. Only to find Mrs. Goose had flown south early. Bruce left the goslings there anyway and went back home. Mama? Mama? But he was followed. Bruce was very stern and said things like, Go away! and... I am not your mother, and also, I liked you better when you were eggs. Bruce could take it no longer and became extra grumpy with them. Roar! It didn't work. Goslings always follow their mother, even if she is a he and he is a bear. And they're following Bruce all, all through the forest. Bruce was stuck with them. He tried to make the best of it. Just got a little waiting pool mm -hmm. for the little goslings. It was hard work. 
And they've made a big mess with paints. Mm-hmm. And then he has a front pack carrier where he's carrying all the goslings. Mm-hmm. And then they're refusing to eat any of the food he's prepared for them. They're in little gosling high chairs, too. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. And they're all taking a nap on a big log. As the seasons passed, Bruce watched the pesky goslings grow older. From annoying baby geese, to stubborn teenage geese, to boring adult geese. Then one fall afternoon, he saw other goose families flying south. Finally, he'd be rid of those geese, and he could take a long winter nap. Bruce explained migration. (laughs) And there's a picture of him flapping his uh, bare arms trying to Mm -hmm. teach the geese that they're supposed to go fly. But they didn't listen. Bruce needed the geese to leave, so he got creative. Thought he'd slingshot them. Yeah. South. Nothing worked. Not even little remote planes. The geese would not leave Bruce. Sigh. So Bruce decided to pack some bags and take his geese into town. They boarded a bus and migrated to Miami. Now, every winter, Bruce and his geese head south together. They laze about at the beach in tacky shirts, sipping ice-cold lemonade, while Bruce dreams of new recipes. Recipes that don't hatch. The end. Mother Bruce, what do you think? I uh, think you picked an interesting book for our children's <laughs> literature sermon series. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know for sure what scripture uh, will actually end up being read on Sunday morning. This is one of the ones that comes to my mind. Uh, there's several others that come to my mind. Um, and it came to my mind because in thinking about... Um, Bruce kind of, he kind of slowly comes around to the geese, it seems. Um, we're not really sure if he's ever really happy about it or not, but he looked pretty like relaxed on the beach in, in Miami. Miami. Yeah. You know? Who isn't relaxed on the beach in Miami? Uh, I'm not right now. Right, but if you were on the beach in Miami, you would be relaxed. I don't know. It would depend on the time of year. That's fair. And how many other people were there. <clears throat> but okay. At any rate, I was thinking about Bruce's willingness to change his mind. Okay. On something, right? Okay. On being very against the Goslings. Mm-hmm. To eventually accepting them and you know embracing this sort of. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna do this now, right? Okay. So thinking about that. Um, Made me think of lots of different passages of scripture. This one came to my mind. This is from Genesis uh, chapter 18. And this is a conversation between Abraham and God. Uh, And sort of God has issued a a declaration of destruction against Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, But Abraham has some relatives that live in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he would prefer that Sodom and Gomorrah not be destroyed. That's kind of the preamble to this, right? 
And this, so this is Genesis 18, 20 through 33. Then the Lord said, How great is the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah, and how very grave their sin. I must go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know. Uh, so the men turned from there and went south toward Sodom, while Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham came near and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not forgive it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? Then the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered, Let me take it upon myself to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it. I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again he spoke to him. Suppose forty are found there, he answered. For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Then he answered, Oh, do not let the Lord be angry if I speak. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. He said, Let me take it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. He answered, for the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, O oh, do not let the Lord be angry if I speak just once more. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way. When he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. And that's where it that's where it pauses the story for them. I always like this story. It doesn't end well. Well, no. But you get the sense because ultimately he doesn't. God doesn't find ten righteous in the city. Right. Right. Um, I like this story, this because it it's I think it's kind of funny. Um, Abraham sort of haggling with God over this, mm-hmm. um, and God seems to be at least open to the idea, right? Of God is set to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham. Said, so, well, okay, but what about this? Okay, well, in that case, no, I, I yeah, no, I probably wouldn't destroy it mm-hmm. <laughs> then, which is a, a it seems to me like a kind of a changing of God's mind. Okay, uh, what do you think? I think you are uh, dancing on some hot button theological territory. And I don't think it's a bad thing, but uh, it's an interesting entree into using that children's book and this scripture. But um, theologians have spent spilled a lot of ink debating whether or not God is 
changed or unchanging mm-hmm. or changeable. And you've pointed to one story that certainly displays what appears to be God changing God's mind. Mm-hmm. There are others uh, yeah. in the Old Testament similar to this. Oftentimes it's someone pleading for God not to take out his wrath and destruction on a people or a city or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, often the outcome is that God does change. Relent. Relents, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, there are also some New Testament stories uh, of Jesus seemingly having a change of mind or change of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting because sort of within Orthodox Christian theology, there's this sense that God is unchanging. And yet there is scriptural witness that suggests that in fact, humans can plead with God and God can change God's mind. Yeah. And then there's this idea of, um, there's a couple of ways of coming about the question, right? One is, um, can the mind or heart of God be changed? Uh, and then also the importance of, of believers, of followers, to allow their hearts or minds to be changed um, on things as well. <clears throat> you know, there's thinking about God. There's um, this this story, the flood narratives, right? And at the end of the flood narratives, God hangs God's bow, his weapon of destruction, yep. up in the sky and says, "You know, I'm not I'm not going to do that again." That was maybe not the best idea right. that, I, that, I've, that I've ever had, um, which seems to indicate a sort of a, a, a changing of heart um, towards humans right. in some degree. Um, but you mentioned some stories from the New Testament as well, which might be interesting to take a look at. What were you you're thinking of what? Um, the Syrophoenician woman, mm. where initially Jesus rejects her and she keeps at it and he relents and changes. Um, yeah. Is that the one where it's just, you know, even the dogs get to eat the scraps that fall from the table? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's one. Um, I think, I think also, um, Sorry, I, I, I interrupted. No, no, go ahead. Um, I was thinking about... Um, now I lost it. Um, hmm. This is where that cricket button that Rose was advocating for would be helpful. Could be useful. It needs to be something more... Um, I guess crickets are meditative. Help you think a little bit. Um, uh, not if you're trying to sleep. You don't find it relaxing? Little cricket sounds? No. Hmm. Well, there you go. Um, thinking about Jonah, kind of, he changes his mind, he changes his attitude a little bit. Uh, he also ends up kind of stuck in the mud where he was. Uh, we could talk about the Apostle Paul 
Uh, You're talking about the humans changing mm-hmm. their minds. Yeah, now I'm kind of shifting gears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's countless stories in the Bible of, of that happening, of humans having a change of mind or heart after an encounter with the divine, mm-hmm. uh, a conversation with God or something like that. You know, um, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's our hope, right? <laughs> is that in fact we can be changed. It is. I think we'd, I think that it's the temptation then is to think of that as like a one time change and not necessarily look at those as like, Oh, this is, an example of what faith is and that faith is always being willing um, to change or to rethink things or to have um, new insights. Like we look at the apostle Paul, for example, Mm -hmm. and we, and we, we see him, he has this one big change where he sees things differently. And then we sometimes think, that like we're just looking for like one big change, or like a what kind of a, like a one-time sort of event, perhaps, in our lives, and not a not looking at this as oh, this is the sort of thing that we should maybe be looking to do all the time. Right. Yeah. Is to be willing to have our minds changed about stuff. I think that's yeah. Or our hearts changed about stuff. And I think that you're treading on less touchy theological ground if you take the human perspective and sort of apply the human perspective you start with this grumpy bear this grumpy human who over the course of time by interacting and having these sweet interactions with these goslings his heart is changed and continues to be changed um i'm not saying that you shouldn't approach the question of god's changeability or immutability or or whatever but um, in the context of a, of a ser- like in the context of a Bible study where you're going to be able to sit down with people and really talk through these ideas, I love approaching that theme. And I've, I've preached specifically, when, there was a lectionary text that did suggest that God had a change of heart about not um, killing an entire group of people after a human pleaded with God. And uh, I've, I've preached on that before. And so I think you could do it. I, you could go either way. You think about trying to do both, looking at both God. Oh, I don't know what I'm thinking. Oh well, it's Monday. Mm-hmm. You're not preaching till Sunday, so yeah. mm-hmm. that seems reasonable. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, even just the idea of change. Uh, it. Some people are very comfortable with the idea mm-hmm. of change. Um, and some folks, the idea of change tends to make them uncomfortable right? or they're okay with the idea of change related to certain things or related to certain aspects of their life. Uh, they're less comfortable with it related to other aspects of their life. Um, even though everything around us is always changing constantly, it's like we are always trying to hold things into place that can't be held into place. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this is why we reinforce our homes with, you know, just dirtier building materials, even though like they won't like those, that building's not going to stay there forever. doesn't matter how much you build it up and reinforce it. Like, it's just not going to, um, but we really, really want it to. 
Like there are some things that we just really, really want to stay in place forever. Okay. Even though they, well, they won't, everything changes mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and I think sometimes faith or the church or however we want to think about it is one of those things that we want to stay, we want it to not change. Um, but it's going to. It needs to. If it's living, then it needs to change. Yeah. I do like what you talked about, sort of it being an ongoing transformation as opposed to one single aha moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can have single aha moments that do fundamentally alter the course or trajectory of our lives. Sure. Uh but I do think that when we're talking about faith, there's a reason we use terms like journey, right? It is an ongoing process. We uh, were not transformed, end of story, but it's a transformation and transforming. Yeah. yeah kind of kind of a little bit like the, uh, the tagline we picked for the 150th anniversary of the church, right? living a legacy of love. We're not done. The legacy of love is not over. Right. It is an ongoing transformational journey where we are continuing to try to live out this legacy of love and and it will change over time. But what doesn't change is our call to live that legacy of love. And so that that's also, I think, a good thing to contrast that with is what are the unchanging things? Are there any unchanging things? And in the context of the faith, I think it comes down to grace Mm-hmm. and love and those things are constant mm-hmm. how we approach those things and how we live out those things will change over the course of mm-hmm. our lives but those are the constants to which we strive for yeah i like to think of them as the, that's the kind of those are the through lines right those are the that's the connective tissue yeah um between from one to the next that's the yeah that's the strand of yarn that gets woven throughout the whole thing but or the shade or whatever um, but its shape and size and texture maybe even changes from yeah. from time to time. But yeah. I don't know. I think it'll preach. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> See what others think. Yeah. After well, Sunday. Yeah. Look forward to hearing the uh, the feedback on that. Speaking of Sunday, what's going on? Well, goodness sakes. Uh, normally, this Sunday, we would be doing our last week of open table, mm-hmm. which is the sack lunch packing that we do as a church. Um, but we were so incredibly efficient the first three weeks. We have packed every sack lunch that we have committed to pack for Catholic social services. Yeah. And so uh, there, we, we were done with open table for the summer, um, which is great. And thank you to everyone who, uh, who contributed to that in one way or another. Special thanks to some of our mission committee members who really dug in, thinking Jenny and Meg and Constance and, and others um, who really... But yeah, so uh, no open table. Sunday morning worship looks like 9 a.m. worship in the park, weather permitting, mm-hmm. and 10.30 traditional worship in the sanctuary. And I don't have to say weather permitting for that. Mm-mm. Well, if the weather's not permitting that, then the weather's not really permitting anything. Fair enough. <laughs> then yeah. people should just stay home 
if that's the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Worship in the Park will run for a few more weeks, and uh, that's at 9 a.m., followed by our 10.30 worship service. So that's what's kind of happening here. Um, some, other, some other sort of um, looking farther down the road. Yes. Sorts of things, right? Uh, August 13th, something that we're calling... Scottish Heritage Sunday? Is that Scottish celebration? I we haven't given it a name yet. Okay. But we're gonna be celebrating the uh, historic Presbyterian roots of the church in Scotland. And that celebration will be accompanied by some testimonies from people who went on the pilgrimage to Scotland this summer, as well as accompanied by a bagpiper who will be here, as well as accompanied by a choir who will be singing songs uh, written by Scottish composers that have a Scottish flavor to them. Wow, just really going all out. Indeed. It's, <laughs> it's going to be Scottish. Okay, well, there you go. That'll be good. I'm not sure you're going to be there, though, because I think you're leading a college-age go-and-serve mission trip. Will you be back I, by then? I, we're supposed to get back the day before. Okay. So I'm not sure if I will be here or not. Okay, I will for that Sunday. Encourage Hannah to iron your kilt regardless so that it's ready to go. Yep. And but it won't take long. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, so that's August 13th. August 20th, uh, which once we get to August 13th, we're dangerously close to the start of the school year and, the, and sort of the programmatic year. So then August 20th, there will be a Sunday school uh, teacher and volunteer orientation, correct? Correct. On that day. And then August 27th, there will be a Sunday school family orientation on that day. Sunday school classes themselves proper uh, will begin on September 10th. Yeah. So so the week after Labor Day weekend. Yep. But we have that orientation ahead of time, so make sure you're there with your uh, kids or grandkids, and we hope to see everyone for that. And that September 10th is a big Sunday in the life of the church. Not only is it the first Sunday of Sunday school, but it's also the day that we're celebrating our 150th anniversary as a church with a blowout worship service that will have brass and choir and five pastors, former pastors are coming back. I suppose if we have all those other pastors up at the pulpit, you and I don't need to be there, do we? That's my plan. I'm just gonna I'm gonna sit at the back, and then I'm gonna dash out and and make sure I get a good seat for lunch. Because there's lunch afterwards at the Peace Center uh, with uh, a lunch and celebrating our 150th. So mark your calendars for September 10th. If you're one of our listeners who uh, does not live in Hastings uh, and think you can make it, it promises to be a delightful celebration of the church's 150th. So plan on coming and joining us for that. We hope you can be here. We good? Anything else? I think we've covered it all. All right. Sounds good. Well, then let's uh, let's have a closing prayer. All right. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for all the ways that you have journeyed with us throughout our lifetimes, for all, all of the ways that you have offered us um, wisdom, insight, guidance, counsel, nurture, challenge, Whatever it is that we have needed in our moments, we thank you for all of the daily bread that we have received. 
we pray that we have the grace and the courage and the whatever it is that we need to offer such daily bread to others. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well then, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.